Good morning, everyone. I greet you in Jesus' name. I want to uh, begin in the Sermon on the Mount this morning for our message. And, and you're familiar with the Beatitudes, and I just particularly want to notice one of these Beatitudes that Jesus taught when he saw the multitudes and gathered in front of him. And uh, he taught them, saying, and Jesus taught them because he loved them. Jesus taught them because he wanted good things for them. And Jesus teaches us through this message because there are lessons that we we need to learn as his disciples in order to have a a successful life in uh, in in the way that God looks at success. And there are many things in the in these beatitudes that we could uh, we could look at, but I particularly want to notice uh, verse five. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That was one one thing uh, among the Beatitudes that, that Jesus taught. All of those things that he taught were important, are important. And I'll not try to explain what the inheritance is. I don't know what comes to your mind when you read that about inheriting the earth, its blessings in the future. But I particularly want us to notice the meek. Blessed are the meek. Blessed by God are the meek. There's another, uh, well, numerous places that it speaks about meekness, but one other place is in Galatians. In chapter 5, where, where it uh, describes the fruit, of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, I'll begin reading at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now the fruit of the Spirit uh, is different from the spiritual gifts that we read about in other places that God has given to different people. God would have all of his children, every disciple of Christ, to have this fruit. And the fruit is described in all of these different uh, different uh, aspects here the, uh, and, and characteristics, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And one, one part of it is meekness. And that all together makes the spiritual fruit that God would would have in all of his children. <clears throat> but again, we want to notice especially meekness, that part of the spiritual fruit. And it is a fruit of the spirit. 
which means that <clears throat> that it is produced in the Christian by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, which uh, all of God's children have. Now, just in the uh, verses before, <clears throat> he spoke about the works of the flesh. And in verse 24, we see that they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh. And the flesh would produce the kind of life and the kind of character and the kind of fruit, bad fruit, that is all contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. And... The more that our flesh is controlling us, the less of the spiritual fruit there will be. <clears throat> so what is uh, meekness? Uh, before we look at that more closely, I do want us to notice, to be impressed, that <clears throat> when we read the Beatitudes, when we read the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the description of it, we can know that Jesus perfectly, perfectly modeled in his life those, those characteristics. Jesus was meek in Matthew 21, verse 5, uh, quoting from the prophecy of Zechariah. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And I noticed in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and the first verse, he says, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Jesus was meek. And in that lovely invitation that we read occasionally and are familiar with from Matthew 11, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, I am meek. I am meek and lowly in heart. <clears throat> Also want us to notice that God loves meekness. He values meekness in his children. In 1 Peter 3, 4, he's saying in the verse uh, before that, uh, he's, he's saying he doesn't want to see that outward adorning that the world is impressed with and attracted toward. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. It's, it's beautiful to him. He likes to see that, an ornament, a meek and quiet spirit. And in his invitation, he invites us in Matthew 11, that we just read, to learn of him, to learn meekness of him. Well, meekness uh, and humility are very, very closely connected together. 
and maybe and, and they're really hard to uh, separate. And uh, I, I think there is a, a difference. Um, I see humility, at least the way I see it. Um, but a person who is truly humble will be meek. And a person who is meek will be humble. So those characteristics go close together. And I see humility more in how we see ourselves in relation to others. It's, uh, I see it more as an attitude. You know, we tend to compare ourselves. People do. And uh, that's not wise. The Bible tells us. Uh, and it's, uh, it's uh, this morning in our, in our Sunday school lesson, there was reference to the disciples' little discussions about who is the greatest. That's uh, a humility problem. Paul wrote that we should let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Uh, a humble attitude, let each esteem other better than themselves. And we know what pride is. Hum- humility is not, is the is the opposite of of pride. In Christian meekness, it seems to me that it's it's how we respond. It's a response to to others or circumstances or even to God. And we need to have humility with it. But it's a a heart condition, a heart uh, quality, character quality, that that, uh, is responding genuinely then from from the heart the hidden man of the heart is uh, meekness is part of that it's the it's a spiritual work in us and it is God focused it's not self-centered not selfish it's motivated by the love of God and uh, it is not found in a stormy soul there's not uh, anger and vengeful feelings and distress, uh, resisting circumstances and all out of sorts about things that come to us, but rather a serenity and a resignation, a surrender to God's control and an acceptance of what God is allowing and a peace even when things aren't going well. And a gentleness in, in one's attitude and his pro- approach to, to life. But meekness is not uh, being weak. A person isn't meek just because he is helpless to change a circumstance. You know, Jesus, Jesus could have called... 10,000 angels uh, there just before the crucifixion, but he didn't. That was meekness and his surrender to the will of God. Uh, meekness is, is powerful. It takes the power of God to have a Christian meekness in, in our life. It's the control of the spirit in our heart. It's a restraint of evil and wrong responses and and gives us the strength to produce right responses. Uh, reading in the New Testament in the in the Gospels 
recently, I was impressed with how angry the scribes and Pharisees often were. Uh, one I just read yesterday, the uh, when Jesus healed that man with a withered hand, and the uh, the scribes and Pharisees were furious. The translation I was reading said they were furious. Jesus was meek. And all those different times that he was attacked by the scribes and Pharisees and ridiculed and he knew their hatred toward him and their designs for his destruction, he was meek. Jesus was meek. Uh, meekness promotes righteousness. You know, uh, the, the uh, wrath of man uh, worketh not the righteousness of God. But the uh, fruit of the Spirit, meekness in a person, can produce right responses. And we all need to be meek. Christ called us to learn meekness. I'd like to notice a few areas that the Bible says that speaks about meekness and different areas that we're to respond to meekly. And the first is uh, in James. In James, the first chapter, uh, beginning at verse uh, 19. James 1, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, you notice the word meekness there. He says, receive with meekness the word. So we're to receive the word of God meekly. And the, the implanted word is what he's speaking to here. And it's showing, it's uh, describing a surrender to God's word. An acceptance of the message that we find there. Believing it and obeying it. And there's power uh, in, in that, in the word of God as we accept it that way. A power to, it, which is able to save your souls. It guides us to salvation. It guides us to a holy life. It uh, guides us into the will of God. Receive the word meekly. If we resist it. If we try to explain it away, it won't have that blessing in our in our heart, in our life. So we're called to receive the word meekly. Receive chastening meekly would be uh, another thing the scripture speaks to in Hebrews 12. Uh, verse 7 6 and 7, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, 
and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Now we've, if we're God's children, we have received chastening. And chastening, he goes on to explain in verse 11, that it is not joyous while it's happening. It's not fun. It, there's some, usually some kind of pain and discomfort with it. But he says we're to uh, endure it. That if we endure it, if we accept it meekly, uh, submit ourselves to it, then in verse 11, um, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Those who are trained by the chastening of God are people who have submitted to those things that God has allowed or brought into our life. And and we've uh, accepted them. We've learned from them. And we've been pointed into a more right way and strengthened through it. But there's a, there's a potential for a different kind of response. There's a potential to be, not to be meek, but to resist and complain and be angry. Sometimes even people have been angry at God for something that happened to them. And some things are hard to, to understand, but... Uh, to receive chastening meekly. And we can benefit and be blessed by it. But it needs, we need to be meek. The Bible says we should live meekly, which that's sort of a broad, uh, maybe that would cover everything we're talking about here. But I notice in James 3 and verse 13, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation or a good life his works with meekness of wisdom. He, uh, this, this kind of wisdom doesn't, doesn't puff him up and make him proud. This is the true, a true wisdom from God that is lived out in a, a good life and uh, in good deeds and in good responses. <clears throat> And then sometimes we have to be meek in the face of uh, in, in our dealings and our relationships with other people. We have to endure things uh, meekly. In Ephesians 4 and verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. So there's humility and meekness and patience and forbearance all together. And he, what he's describing here is not just a gritting of our teeth or a biting our tongue, you know, to, to hold back sh uh, sharp retorts or whatever. But here, uh, you know, with uh, uh, maybe it's a personality difference, uh, something about someone else, uh, just greats. You know, a perfectionist who is so careful with every detail and another sort of get her done guy can just get so impatient 
with that. Why can't we just get the job done? And the uh, careful person says, how reckless, how reckless he's going to mess it all up. And, you know, two Christians uh, can have those kind of different personalities and they can work together in lowliness and meekness and somehow get the job done in a good in a good way that that glorifies God. But it, it can take some meekness. It, it requires meekness. <clears throat> We're to be meek in our words. Titus 3.2 Speak evil of no man to be no brawlers but gentle showing all meekness unto all men. We can talk, uh, spread evil things, say hurtful things or cruel things or unkind things or unnecessary things about people behind their backs or to their face. But Titus is telling us, the Spirit is telling us not to talk that way. There's a time to to share uh, a serious concern about someone else to uh, another brother or sister or even to go to someone. We'll look at that in a moment. But there is never a place for a Christian to, to talk uh, evil of someone with an attitude of a brawler, which is, which is what that would be, but rather a gentleness and a meekness toward all men. And then restore meekly. <clears throat> restore meekly. In Galatians 6, the chapter after the fruit of the Spirit, in the first verse, <clears throat> Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So there's a brother has fallen, or he has some flaw or shortcoming in his life that is affecting him spiritually, a sin even, or a wrong attitude, whatever it might be. And there's a place for uh, spiritual brethren in the church or sister, to, to go to them and speak to them about it. But he emphasizes to go in the spirit of meekness. Only the spiritual, ye which are spiritual, he says, go. Only the spiritual will have true meek, meekness. There will have to be a spirituality, a spiritual life before there can be a Christian meekness. But approaching somebody harshly um, with a holier-than-thou attitude, you know, really that's saying that I, I care more about me and how this affects me and how I feel about this situation. I care more about that than, than I do about you. And I'm disgusted with you. And, you know, that just slams shut 
the door for communication. It's hard after after angrily lecturing someone uh, to then help him see how he ought to do and how he could do better. It just, you know, that person may be struggling to to have a right attitude himself by that time. You've made a problem for him rather than helping him. But coming to him meekly, coming to him in humility, and remembering our own weaknesses and how we also are subject to temptation and have, have failures and so on, and maybe even confessing to them that, you know, I've had this problem myself. Or whatever. That says, I care about you. And that can open a door for uh, blessing a brother or a sister. And I think that's why Paul said to the Corinthians, that verse I read earlier about Jesus, he said, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Paul wanted to be that kind of a disciple himself as he as he admonished the Corinthians. In 1 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 25 and 6. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who has taken them captive, who are taken captive by him at his will. That's an important part of being effective in helping other people. And we're even to, uh, to witness meekly. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. It's a good, a good way to, to uh, witness to others. Respectfully, not brash and rude, not attacking the person, um, but with meekness and fear. How do we become more meek? There's a verse in Zephaniah that says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. Now, some some translations uh, say uh, humility there instead of meekness, which I think, goes to show how closely those are uh, connected together. An encouraging uh, verse, I think, is, Blessed are they, another part of the Beatitudes, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If there is a hunger, if there is a desire, if we want to, if we repent of our lack of meekness, where, he, where we have responded in very unmeek ways. And we do desire to, to be meek. 
like Jesus was meek and to learn that meekness. That's certainly an important step. Paul wrote in Colossians 3, verse 12, put on, therefore, that's an expression he uses uh, in in a number of places in uh, in his epistles. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. And that's after he says, put off these, anger, wrath, and malice, and blasphemy. Put on these good characteristics. Mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. I think with that, there is a there is a commitment. There is a, a repentance from the old things and a commitment to Christ and the new life. First uh, Timothy, <clears throat> Paul wrote in First Timothy 6, verse 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, that is, the foolish and hurtful lusts that he mentions in the verse before, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, Meekness. You know, living by faith is uh, more than just a prayer for a family member that's in in deep trouble, like the father that came to Jesus in our Sunday school lesson. Living by faith is also obedience. It is choosing to follow and obey Jesus Christ rather than to uh, caving in to wrong feelings. It is believing that God's commands, that the teachings of Jesus and the holy life he's called us to is the best life. It's, it's the life that is best for me and it is it glorifies Jesus Christ. So we choose to follow Jesus instead of our wrong feelings. You know, feelings, feelings and emotions can go up and they can go down. We can feel good one time and very soon after can feel pretty bad, upset. And the feelings are, are difficult to control. You know, they're just kind of there when something happens. We have much more control over what we do after we start feeling things. Instead of expressing that emotion or, or uh, you know, acting on that emotion, striking out or whatever, we, we have much more control over our actions and our words in what we allow. And, you know, as we, uh, we, we, we shall not let feelings rule our behavior. And if we're uh, having wrong, if we have wrong feelings and we allow feelings to rule our words and our behavior, very often it just intensifies that wrong feeling. I've, I've experienced that. 
if we get upset and let it rule our act, our actions and we show anger, it can make us more angry. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. But you know, as we walk by faith in these things and we commit ourselves to Christ and to follow him and to uh, obey him and choose to respond the way he would have us respond. You know, with time and the Holy Spirit work in our heart, our character begins to change and we become more meek in our character and our response. We're not so quickly aggravated and uh, can easier handle aggravating situations without even having the wrong feelings. That's a work of the Spirit. Praying about such needs is certainly a, an important part of finding this, this uh, characteristic for it to grow in our life. I want to run over just a few blessings. The, the Beatitude says, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. Happy and blessed. It's more than just being happy. It's blessed of God are the meek. Psalm twenty-two, 26. I'll have to run over these kind of quickly, but I want you to hear them. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-six: The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Psalm 25, 9. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. The blessing of guidance. Psalm 37, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth, the attitude there, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. They'll be blessed with peace. Psalm 147, verse 6. The Lord lifteth up the meek, he casteth the wicked down to the ground. The Lord lifts up a blessing of support. Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Isaiah eleven four. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. Or he will treat fairly the meek of the earth. blessings of the of meekness much more satisfying than you know any satisfaction that we would get out of seeing somebody get what they deserve seeing someone put in their place seeing somebody fearful seeing the fear in their eyes when they look at us Jesus was meek. Yes, it says Jesus uh, was angry at times. But if you read about Jesus' anger, it was always at, at, uh, at people's irreverence, at their slander against God or the Holy Spirit. It was never, never was he re angry at, 
in a reaction to how somebody treated him. I don't think you'll find any place where Jesus reacted to how people treated him. He was meek, truly meek. And he loves meekness in his children, in all of us. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord help us to grow in meekness and glorify him. Shall we have a closing song?